You know, I know, I know some people uh, didn't have that privilege growing up, but I, I did. I, I had a privilege of growing up in a big family uh, on both sides, my mom and my dad's side. And uh, man, one of the greatest, one of the greatest thrills that we ever had as kids growing up was Thanksgiving. We was at one family's, had a family reunion there, and then at Christmas we was at the other side. Uh, Mom's side of the family, we'd meet on uh, Thanksgiving and spend, get to see all your family, your cousins and aunts and uncles and all that. Man, I tell you what, that is a thrill, and I miss that dearly. And if you, if you missed out on that, boy, you missed out on a lot of stuff growing up. But you know what? When, the moment you got saved, God put you in a great family. I mean, a great family. And, and we have the blessings and the benefits of being part of the family of God. Church, say amen. amen. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 and verse number 1. Now, let me just give you uh, just a brief uh, uh, catch up to where we're at here in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. Uh, the Corinthian church had issues. They had issues. They had problems. Uh, most, uh, probably one of the most carnal churches in the Bible, uh, and probably one of the most gifted churches in the Bible. Uh, they had many gifts, but instead of using the gifts that God has given them, gifts of leadership, gifts of encouragement, gifts of administration, and some uh, gifts of tongues and, and interpretation there in that particular assembly, uh, they were using it to compete. They were using it uh, to say, look at me and look what I have. They were using their gifts as toys to play with, but not, not tools to build with. And they had issues there, and Paul is addressing that. When he is speaking here in chapter number 12, he is, he is saying, look, this is not for individual use. God did not give you your gift just to bless you. God gave you your gift to use to bless somebody else. And that is what he's addressing here in uh, 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 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. Look in verse number, uh, verse number 1. Are you there? Say Amen. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles, carried away into these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore I give to you understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Basically, he's starting into letting them know you're on the same team. If you're both praising Jesus, you're both bragging about Jesus, you're both serving Jesus, you're on the same team. Verse 4. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. He's saying, look, no matter what gift you have or what ability you have, it came from the same God. Do you see how he's trying to draw them into unity here? He's trying to draw them into they're on the same team. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, uh, and to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh the one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. Now he goes from verses 12 all the way down to verses number 23, describing the church as a body, a human physical body. He says some of y'all are eyes, some of y'all are ears, some of y'all are noses, some of y'all are toes, some of y'all are fingers, and we all need each other. We all need each other. He said, you couldn't see without your eyes, and the eye is not going to do the smelling, and your ear is not going to do the seeing, but they all need each other. Say, I don't need that little toe. You stub it in the middle of the night and see how much you need it. I need a witness. Do you realize when you, when you kick the end of that table and it peels the hide off your big toe, the first thing you do, listen, your hands go to the rescue. Tears come to your eyes. I mean, a whale comes out of your mouth. Every part of the body participates in the rescue of that big toe. I need a witness. Everybody needs somebody sometime. We need each other. And he describes it, said, look, we're all a part of the same body, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, for our comely parts have no need, but God has tempered the body together, having given more abundance to that part which lacketh. Now watch this. Here, here's it. We're drawing it to a, a head right here. That there should be no schism in the body. It means division, separation. But that the members, read it with me, but that the members should have the same care one for another. I, I, I didn't hear enough people. We got plenty more people here than that. Help me now. That the members, 
One for another. Whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. One member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. Father, please, I desperately need you right now. And I need, I need your body, the church, to be praying for me right now, to give me wisdom and more than that, the unction to preach. God, I know I don't deserve it. And I, I pray, Lord, that you'll forgive me for my failures, my sin, my disobedience, wrong attitudes, anything that I've done. Lord, that would hinder you from moving. Please forgive me and wash it away. And God, I, I pray that you'll touch every heart and every mind, every ear here today that we can leave knowing that we heard from you. And Lord, we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man went to a doctor. Older gentleman went to a doctor. And uh, uh, the doctor did a series of tests. And uh, basically, the man was healthy, but he had a few issues. And, and so the doctor gave him some guidelines to live by, gave him some things he wanted to stick to, some, some uh, uh, guidelines to, to, to go by to make sure he stayed healthy. Well, a few months later, the, the doctor was in a restaurant, and here come this same older gentleman. The older gentleman came in with somebody, a, a young lady, about three, uh, 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 less, less than half his age. And uh, I mean, I mean this, here we go, and this doctor can't believe it. He's standing here seeing this older gentleman with this, this woman less than half his age. And, and here they go and this having themselves a big time. He goes up to the gentleman and says, Sir, didn't I tell you that there's some guidelines that you need to go by? He said, Well, doctor, didn't you tell me to get a hot mama and be cheerful? He said, No, I said I found a heart murmur. Be careful. <laughs> now somewhere, somewhere... He has missed it. Say amen. Somewhere along the line, that hot mama is going to kill that heart murmur. Say amen. It's amazing how sometimes we can miss what we're supposed to hear. Are y'all with me? It's amazing how we have gone in the history of the church and in and, and the direction of the church and we have totally missed the plan of God when it comes to the body of Christ and what our responsibilities are to each other. We've got this idea, and I'm, and I'm going to go into more detail in the, in the latter part of this message, but, but we've got this idea that the, the pastor and the staff is hired to come do the work of the ministry, come meet our needs. You're to come and take care of us, bury us when we die, marry us when we get married, uh, be there when the babies are born, and all of this stuff, you come and serve us. That's totally unbiblical. Completely unbiblical. But somewhere along the way, we have missed it we have missed it i'm gonna give you some statistics later on that that'll blow your mind and the reason it is is because we have missed it three different places in the bible i was reading in romans chapter number 12 first corinthians chapter number 12 ephesians chapter number four i I would encourage you to to go home and by the way my my life group take notes amen you're supposed to contribute monday so everybody take notes learn something that you can contribute to the group this coming week but I, I, I would encourage you to go home and read those three chapters. Romans chapter number 12, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, and Ephesians chapter number 4. Every single one of those chapters, as I was studying them, it dealt with the gifts that God has given you. But then he goes into detail about why God gave you those gifts, why God gave you those abilities. You say, what in the world does this have to do with life groups? I'll tell you. Two weeks ago, we said that the life groups that God has given us was for the purpose of sharpening. Say that with me. It was for the purpose of, say it again, for the purpose of sharpening, making us better people by the application of the preaching, by my accountability to my peers, by the, uh, 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 what I say, the admittance of our problems. It will make us better people. Iron sharpeneth iron. My friend will help me be better than what I am. Yesterday, I can be better today and I can be even better tomorrow by the friendship and the closeness and the sharpening of my friendship. Say amen. But life groups are not just there for sharpening. Life groups there are to shape. Say that with me. They are to Shape, shape us into the image of Jesus Christ. It gives us a place to sacrifice. It gives us a place to serve. It gives us a place to support one another just like Jesus did. It gives us a place where we can be like Christ. I said at the end of the message, at the end of the message last week, I said God's going to give you an opportunity to be like Christ this week, and I hope you take advantage of it and be Christ. Did anybody have an opportunity? Did anybody have? Yeah, I had one. 
I had one. We had a ball game uh, Tuesday night, Tuesday or Wednesday night, or thir- Thursday night, whatever night it was. I think it was Tuesday night. And, 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 and Brother Mitch was on second base, and they threw the ball to him, and I'm pitching, I'm standing there, and he got the man out, and he was out by three miles. Say amen. And the umpire called him safe. He was like 175 years old, and his glasses was about that thick, and he couldn't see nothing. He called him safe. I said, to what? I said, I, I said, Mitch. He said, he wasn't standing on him. I saw him standing on the back. I was right there. I was three feet away. I know what I saw. And he said, he wasn't standing on the back. And before I realized it, I turned around to Mitch. I said, Mitch, what's you? And then it dawned on me. And the Lord looked down and said, hey, Jesus, how you doing? <laughs> Next pitch, I stopped. Went back over to, I said, look, man, I'm sorry. I just got carried away. He did the moment. He said, no, no, it's all right. It's all right. I walked away. Yeah, it's all right, doggone. Hey, man. <laughs> Won't we all have a chance to be like Jesus? Somebody told me they've been stopping helping people on the side of the road all week long. Hey, man. But God will give us a chance to be Jesus, to be compassionate, to be loving, just like Jesus was through our life groups. But today... Today, this is what I want to share with you. Just two points. Just two points we're going to talk about. Life groups gives us a chance to sharpen, to shape, and most importantly, to share. Say that with me. To to share. To share. Man, how many of y'all know we're living in a stingy society? A stingy society. We are living in a place, we are living in a time when what's mine is mine and what's yours is mine, if I can get it. But boy, that's just, that's totally anti-Christ, isn't it? For God so loved the world that he, he gave. He sure did. To share. And I, I was studying that. And I was wondering, what, what, how, what proofs do I have? What proofs do I have? What evidence do we see that God has given us that he wants us to share? He wants us to share our lives. He wants to share our burdens. He wants us to share those things that discourage us. He wants us to share those things that frighten us. He wants us to share those things that we struggle with. God wants us to share. The Bible says in that one verse that was so important in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says this. He said in verse number, uh, 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 verse number 25 that there should be no schism in the body, but that the, same, the members should have the same care one for another. Whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Do y'all see sharing in this verse? Sharing. Let me give you two things quickly. Two things. Number one, I want you to see the provision. Say that word with me. The provision for sharing. What did God give you with the purpose of sharing? What, what was there? In all three of these chapters, I said uh, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans chapter number 12, and Ephesians chapter number 4, every single one of them began talking about gifts. They all began talking about gifts. Now, the word gift there, the word gift there is the word, the, the Greek word charisma, where we get our word endowment, capacity, power, ability. God gave every single one of you a certain ability. God gave every one of you a certain talent, a certain endowment, a certain blessing. Now, that was not just so you could have something good. That was not just so you could be a blessing to yourself. That was not just so you could honor yourself. It wasn't for that at all. It was so that God could use you to be a blessing to somebody else. Do you remember what I said earlier in the service? There was only one man, there was only one man on earth who had all of them. Only one. His name was the Lord Jesus Christ. He operated in all of the gifts, all of the blessings, administration, encouragement, the gift of giving, service, uh, the gift of prophecy, the gift of praying and being that. He had all of them, but he never gave one person all of them. Never. He gave and distributed them out as he seen fit. Why would he do that? Because he wanted everybody to know you don't have them all, but they're all in the body. Get them from one another. God designed this whole deal so that you would need me and that I would need you. God designed this thing so we would depend on one another. God designed the church, the body. His intention was so that we would care one for another. Brother Bo, I need to give you as much care because one day I need you to give me that much care. I need to contribute to you my gift because one day I'm going to need you to contribute your gift to be a blessing to me. Are y'all seeing this? And you all have it. 
Every Christian in here, every person in here, if you're saved, listen, you have got a gift that God has given you to contribute, to share with the body of Christ. Listen, write these things down quickly and and, and we'll be done. We see the provision for sharing. We see the gifts distributed. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, 4, And now there are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. Romans 12, 6, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Ephesians chapter 4, uh, it says, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. He gave gifts unto men. Now, turn with me quickly. I wasn't going to do this because I'm save time, but just turn quickly to Romans 12. It's just a few pages uh, toward the front. Romans 12. And this is what he says in verse 3. We, we, we are very familiar with, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We all know them too. We all quote them, we memorize them in Sunday school and in in Christian school or whatever, but we need to go a little further. Watch what it says. For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man of you, uh, uh, every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Hello? That's when a church gets in trouble. That's when a relationship gets in trouble. That's when friendships get in trouble. When you start thinking more of you than the other person. That's when people start to talk about my rights. I have a right. No, we're slaves. Paul calls us slaves unto the Lord. Slaves had no rights. They say we ought not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. According as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, all members have not the same office. So we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts different according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy. According to the proportion of faith or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Watch this. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor. Preferring one another. What's he saying? There were, there were gifts that were distributed, but then there were goals designated. How many of y'all, how many of y'all, that song Miss Angie just sung, how many of y'all that blessed you? Anybody get a blessing out of that? Man, yeah. I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it is easy to get up and preach after a song like that. It is easy. I love being able to speak. I love being able to share truth and share the gospel. But it sure ministers to me and helps me do that after something like that. Now, she can't get up here and do what I'm doing. Well, she might. I don't know. Brother Chris, you can help us with that. Maybe she can preach. I don't know. But she has her part. And I have my part. But they're all blessing all of us. Listen, those, I was sitting out there watching, I was sitting out there watching the people out in the parking lot that was waving and serving and moving. And look, I'm telling you, it, it, it looked like the uh, Atlanta airport. Say amen. I mean, it was great having people out here. Miss Barry come out there taking pictures and doing all this stuff. And, and, and Doyle got the, got the water ready for the guys. And, and they was in here putting stuff. Brother Dustin's running around doing his thing. And everybody's doing their thing so you could sit in here and do this. And God has gifted him and all. Man, Dustin can do stuff just amazing. I mean amazing. He can't hit a softball, but he can do a lot of other stuff. <laughs> We're working on that softball thing. He comes in my office and he lays charts down and graphs down and computer stuff down. And he said, all right, preacher, we got this new program. We're going to get on here at base camp and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm getting dizzy. I mean, I'm about to throw up. I say, slow down. Go back to number one, please. But he has got that ability. I mean, he has got the gift of administration in an incredible way. I mean, unbelievable, but he keeps things going. Keeps things going around. I mean, there's stuff that goes on I don't even know about, and I don't want to know about it. That's why God gave it to him, so he could bless me. If he come up here and tried to speak to you, he'd stutter and fall down and, 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 and get in the fetal position. Say amen. But so God gave that to me, so he could do that. And when he shows me them charts, I get in the fetal position. I can't do that. God gave it to him. God designated. We all don't have the same office, but we all have an office. 
We all have an area of responsibility. We all have something. You say, well, don't this have more to do with the service, uh, 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 the service series when we deal with saving the service? Yeah, it's going to have a lot to do with that. But you need to understand something. God gave you something to contribute. That's the point I'm trying to make. God wants you to contribute to your neighbor. God wants you to contribute. You've got to have that place where you can come in and say, hey, I'm praying for you. In that small group, in that life group, you can have something. Say, let me tell you about what God's done for me. Let me tell you about what God is doing. I can help you. I can help you. Our life group, some are doing the cooking, some are doing the encouraging, some are doing this and some are doing that. But they're all blessing the body by what they're contributing to the deal. Say amen. amen. All right. Now, watch this. This is, this is where we're going to really get into the, into the nitty-gritty of this, this message this morning. God, number one, God gave us a provision for sharing. God gave you something. You don't have everything, but you have something. Do you hear me? You don't have everything, but you do have something. There, there, there are some that has talents and abilities that I just, I dream to have. I mean, I wish to have, but that's not where I'm at. That's not what God has done for me. That's not what God has given me. God expects me to be me. I can be the best. There ain't nobody on this planet can be me like me. You know what? There ain't nobody on the planet can be you like you. It's so easy, Scott, you got to avoid this, but it's, it's hard not to do uh, it's hard not to try to be like another preacher, especially when you like them real good. And, and sometimes you'll, you'll do mannerisms like them and you'll talk like them because you, you emulate that person and all that. But whatever you do, be you. Don't try to be another singer. Don't try to be another altar worker. Don't try to be another youth worker. Just be you. Because God made you and designed you in such a way that God, and, and God's perfect in everything he does. Why change perfection? Say Amen. Brother Kendrick, I'm going to say that in the mirror. Ever, ever, why change perfection? God made me this way. Say amen. Some of y'all just now laughed all day long. It's a, appreciate your ministry. See, you, you had something to contribute. You laughed at your preacher. Amen. How many of y'all raise your hand and tell me, say, preacher, I got something to contribute. Say that with me. I got something to contribute. Number two. Number two. This is the second point. What was number one? Tell me number one again. Say it again. We see the... Number two, the purpose. Oh, boy. This is really where I wanted to get to today. The purpose for sharing. Why did God design it the way he did? You know, there's a lot of people with a personality. They would rather be alone <coughs> with their personality, but they don't need to be alone. There's sometimes I don't want to be around nobody. I don't, I, not, not that I don't like people. I do like people and I enjoy being around, but there's just sometimes I just, I, I just don't want to be, I just want to be by myself. I want to be in the woods somewhere with my dog. I just, I mean, it just sometimes, but there are some people with a personality that's more recluse and at a place in their, uh, they, they just would in their, in their, their main personality, they would rather not be around people. But the thing is, you've got to be careful with that because you need people. Now, I'm not saying you've got to be around people 24-7. You've got to be in their face all the time. And I, I don't want nobody in my face all the time. But the point is, you need people because they've got something that you don't have. Are you all with me? Now, the purpose of sharing, the purpose of God giving you these gifts and these abilities and these talents and things that, that you have that nobody else has, God wanted to do something. Number one, or A, write this down. He wanted to promote. Write that down. He wanted to promote. He knows. He knows us better than we know ourselves. We all, like sheep, have. Don't we all have potential? God reminds me that every week. Be careful jumping on that person with the addiction. Be careful of jumping on that, that person that's struggling right now. Be careful about jumping on the one that has fallen because they might be the very one you need to help you up when you fall. Yes, sir. We need to be very careful about throwing rocks. They have a tendency of acting like a boomerang. Nobody needs to throw rocks in here. Nobody needs to throw stones. Nobody needs to throw accusations or criticism. We just need to love one another. 
God knows we have a tendency to fail. God knows we have a tendency to fall. God knows we have a tendency to be like sheep and go astray. God knows that. He understands that. We have a tendency to get the long ranger syndrome and say, we don't need nobody. But God knows we do. And God made it so we would have to have one another. He made it that way on purpose because he knew that we would get arrogant. He knew that we would get prideful. He knew that we would get our feelings on our shoulder and think, well, I'll take my ball and go home. I don't need nobody. Well, that's the first step to falling because pride goeth before a fall. Well, you don't know what they did to me. Well, join the party, honey. Everybody has something happen sooner or later. Life happens. When you're dealing with imperfect people, imperfect things are going to take place. I mean, how good can we be? We were all made out of dirt. If (laughs) some of y'all, you're who I'm talking to. Thinking everybody needs to bow down and, and, and come on. Well, you hurt my feelings. If you hang around, it probably won't be the last time. Not that I mean to. I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. I don't. I, I want everybody to love me. I love me. I really do, and I want everybody to love. But we're not. Some things, some are going to happen, isn't it? You'll do it, and you don't even realize it. You don't. And, and we've got to understand, we need people. We need them. I need you and you need me. We irritate each other. We're like that porcupine. We poke on each other, but, but, but we still need each other. It's kind of like we need to, we need to do it kind of like our families growing up. I told you I, I got an older sister and a, a little brother, and, and, uh, and, 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 you know, my sister could pick on me or I could pick on her or I could pick on Joe or Joe could pick on me, but don't you pick on him. How many of y'all had family like that? I mean, we'd be scrapping out bloody nose and everything else. But you let somebody else say something, you're going to have a problem. You're going to fight Joe, you're going to fight me too. That's not fair. There's no fairness in fighting. Say amen. <laughs> you say, oh, that's, that's the way we need to be. Let me give you an illustration. Brother, brother, uh, brother Scott, somebody comes to you to criticize Brother Kenyon. I'll tell you what, Brother Kenyon. You know what you say? Oh, Bubba. That's my brother. Now, if you got a problem with him, you got a problem with me. And, and, and so we, let's go talk to him about it. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't that change a lot of stuff? You should take up for me. I should take up for you. You should take up for your neighbor, but not in the American church. They'll get on the phone. I wasn't supposed to repeat this, so I'm only going to say it once. Now, some of y'all, look up, people. We ain't praying yet. Come on now. We're supposed to take care of one another. This is the church. This is the body of Christ. We're family. Why, would, why in the world would we allow somebody to criticize our brother or our sister? Hello? Or our parents? Don't you talk about my mama. We're the same family. And God wanted to promote some things. Watch what he says. Watch what he says. In verse number, let me get back to 1 Corinthians. Verse number uh, uh, 24, 24. It says, for our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered. The word tempered means to arrange, to put in order, to arrange. and put it. God put everybody where he wanted them. Having given more abundant honor to that part which lacketh, that there should be no schism in the body, no division. What did God want to promote? First thing, he wanted to promote unity. Unity. Wouldn't that be sweet in a church? Unity. We're going the same direction. We're all together. We're unified. Man, there, if there was anything, you know why the world, we're having such a problem reaching the world? Because they're seeing a bunch of churches with no unity. Unity Baptist Church, yeah, right. I finally found an honest church sign. Battleground Baptist Church, that fit right there. (laughs) Now, I'm not saying nothing about Battleground, it just kind of humored me when I seen that, amen. 
Man, if there was any place people should be together, it should be the house of God. If there was any way, any place in the, in the planet that they should see harmony and unity, people together of one mind and one accord, people with the same direction, people with the same desire, and that is to fulfill the will of God and win this world to Christ. It should be the house of God. And when I'm contributing my gift and you're contributing your gift, Brother Scott, you're contributing your gift, Brother Bo, you're contributing your gift, man, we're all working together. There is nothing like a team effort and a team spirit. What was the coach of, what was the, coach of uh, 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 the Green Bay Packers, the, the real famous one? Vince Lombardi said this. He said, you could take the best athletes in the world, you could take the best talent in the world, you can have all the money in the world, but if they don't like each other, you will lose. Amen. He said, they have to love one another. They have, listen, the quarterback's got to do his thing. The, the linebacker has to do his thing. The blocker has to do his thing. The wide receiver, they have to do their thing and work together. He said, this man has to say, if I don't make this block, they're going to cut his legs out from under him. I like him and I love him, so I'm going to make sure and do my part. Boy, wouldn't it be great if we come to the house of God and said, listen, in order for that to happen, I've got to do my part. And for this to take place, I've got to do my part. Are y'all with me? Amen. And if we all got the attitude, I'm here to contribute my part. I'm not here to have my needs met. I'm here to meet somebody's needs. I'm here to meet the needs of the body of Christ. I'm telling you, God will meet your needs. God will meet your need. I, ha- I found a little story about someone else. It was funny. It's that long about how someone else will do it. Someone else has died, y'all. It's up to us. We had the funeral yesterday. Someone else, we have buried him. It's up to us now. Say amen. amen. Promote unity. Promote unity. But not only unity, but God wanted to promote charity. What is charity, y'all? Love. 1 Corinthians 25, watch what he says. Not only did he not want a uh, 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 schism, he didn't, he didn't want a division in the church. He wanted unity, but that the same members should have the same care one for another. Whether one member suffer, all the members suffer. One member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. What are you saying? He wanted you to love one another. He wanted you to love one another. You know, the, the other verse that says we should prefer one another. What does that mean? If you had a choice, if you had a choice between hanging out with your Christian brothers and sisters on a Friday night and hanging out with that old crowd, if you pick the old crowd, you've got problems. Because according to the word of God, I should prefer to be with you. I should be, and I do. I'd much rather be with my Christian brothers and sisters. I tell you what, to be honest, I would rather be with some of my Christian brothers and sisters than some of my own blood family. God has made it that way. God has designed it where we would love one another. How many verses? I, I didn't even, I, I, I printed them off last week, but I don't even have time to read all the, thou shalt love one another. Love one another as, as we have loved each other, God the Father and God the Son. You should love one another, care one another, uh, encourage one another, exhort one another, serve one another. God designed this to share. God God had an intention for us to share that so we would love one another. You would enjoy what I contribute. I would enjoy what you contribute. And boy, I just get to love it. I love it when the choir sings. I do. I love it. I love it when them guys are out there. I was just, I mean, I was enjoying that as much as I was the choir. Watching them guys working, having a blast, talking on the walk, just, just enjoying service. I love it when I go back in the back and all them women are in that, and men, excuse me, brother Gabe, amen, and men uh, are, are back there in that kitchen serving uh, food and serving lines. And, and them guys, listen, uh, uh, they're, they're enjoying that ministry. It tickled me to death when I saw the short bus go by. Say amen. I said, there goes the short bus. And then it come back slam full. I'm talking about full. We need to get an extension. Hey, y'all help me pray about that. Sure enough, I'm, I'm uh, going to be taking over the outreach and missions uh, department, and, 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 and we need a bigger bus. Amen. Preferably with air conditioning. Say amen. I may have to drive that thing. Amen. 
What a blessing it is to see people using what God has given them to be a blessing to others. Do y'all enjoy that too? Yeah, God, God, he put this here for the purpose of promoting unity and charity. Say those two things with me. He wanted to promote and charity. Boy, don't this world need to see us together? Don't this, why, should, why should a lost person come in here when if, if we're squabbling and fighting and carrying on, that's what they have out there. And we're not doing that. I'm just saying this. I'm just saying this. When they come in here, this is what they need to see. And that's what they do see. That's why they keep coming back. But if all they see is fighting and carrying on and, 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 and difficulty like that, why should they want to be a part of something you don't want to be a part of? Say amen. amen. Lastly, lastly, not only, not only did he want to promote, but he wanted to prevent. He wanted to prevent. Doc, did y'all, those statistics, did, did, did you have them, did you have them up there? How fast would it take to get it? Would that be too hard to put up there? Okay. I, I, I took some statistics. I thought I had it with me in my, in my, uh, my deal here. Uh, about how many, how many pastors are leaving the ministry. 80% of all new young pastors will leave the ministry within the first five years. 80%. 80% of... Uh, 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 ministers' spouses wish they would choose another vocation. 80%. Listen, they are committing suicide. They are experiencing burnout. They are on blood pressure medicine, anxiety medicine. Brother Roger Shockley, one of the, one of the best friends I had in the ministry, he, he pastored in, in, um, in Hansville, Alabama. And he had a bad heart. Matter of fact, that's what sent him to heaven. He went on to have had a heart attack and, and it, it had a heart issue. His, he was at the doctor one day and the doctor said, Brother, Brother Roger, he said, what in the world? Why is all the pastors in Coleman on blood pressure medicine? And he just laughed and thought that was part of the job. Thought that was part of the deal. Well, that's just being a pastor. There's only one problem with that. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for my yoke is and my burden is. Do you think God would cause you to have high blood pressure and heart attacks and depression and anxiety and all of these things? How about it? Surely not. Surely not. 5,000 Churches disappeared in a matter of a couple years' time. 1,500 churches every single year closed the doors. Every year. That's staggering. While the, while the world is growing by the millions, the churches are closing by the thousands. Why do you reckon that is? Turn with me to Ephesians chapter number 4. Ephesians chapter number 4. Now, if you have a tendency to get an attitude, you, 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 you may get one here. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. When you get there, say amen. And he gave some, this is... This is Talking about what God has given the church, the gifts there. Some apostles, that's gift of administration. Some prophets, that's the one that hears from God, is the one that prays over his cornflakes and what color socks to wear. Some evangelists, that's the encourager. Some pastors, that's the one that shepherds. There's some teachers. God has put them in the church, them, them abilities, them endowments. He's put them in the church. First, for the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, when you read that, when you read that, it seems to run together. But when you break those down and study it, this is, this is what he's saying. God has given us leaders. God has given us pastors and teachers there to lead and to guide, lead and to feed. 
We are here to equip the saints. Say that with me. We are here to equip the saints. The Bible says for the perfecting of the saints. The word perfecting there means completing or maturing, developing, equipping, equipping. Now, when I am here to equip and encourage and and help you get good at what God has gifted you with, then you become involved in ministry. It says for the, uh, uh, the perfecting of the saints, for the, the work of the ministry. For the work of the ministry. Now, here's what happens. Uh, Brother Kendrick, you come out here just a second. As a leader, I see, as a leader, I see an ability in Brother Kendrick. I see potential in Brother Kendrick. I see a passion in Brother Kendrick for young people. Can y'all see that? Now, I see that, and, 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 and God put that in him. God put things in him that I do not have. He can deal with stuff that I cannot deal with. He will love them and hug them, and I will choke them and kill them. Say amen. He's just, he's just gifted that way. I, he's just better. He, that's what God has given him. So as a leader, my responsibility is to equip him. Help him have everything he needs to accomplish that. Help him have the encouragement. Help him have the abilities. The ta- Listen, all of that is there. I just got to help him get it out. There is raw talent there. There is raw ability there. There is something that God put in him. And it's my job to help him find that and get it out and get good at that. See, I'm equipping the saint. Then he starts operating in that gift. He starts operating in that gift. And then, listen, all these young people, all these young people start coming and growing and developing, starting quoting Scripture, starting becoming Christ-like, starting to be magnified, and more and more. And what's happening? I'll tell you what's happening. I am equipping. I am developing, helping mature him. He is doing his part. He is doing what God has gifted him. He is doing his part in the deal. And when I am doing my part, he is doing his part. Then the body of Christ is edified. The word edify means to build up, to strengthen, to magnify. This church will explode if we'll all do our part. Listen, but this is what's happening. This is what's happening. In the American church today, you remember what I said in the, the story in the beginning? Somewhere along the way, we have missed it. Somewhere along the way, we have come up with this idea. We have come up with this theory. And I, I know where it comes from. I, I, and I know how it's developing. And I'm not blaming members. I'm blaming uh, members and pastors. I've, I heard somebody say this. Well, they just don't make pastors like they used to. They can't. They're, they're, they're an endangered species. Why? My dad, my dad was that kind of pastor. My dad was there when you had a runny nose. My dad was there when you had the least little spat. Called the preacher. Cats in the tree. Called the preacher. Toilet stopped up. Called the preacher. You think I'm exaggerating. You know I'm not exaggerating. He did it again. Called the preacher. I had a call. I had a call. Preacher, he's got a knife. I said, call the police. God is my witness. I, yeah, I did. I went over there thinking, what am I doing here? Not a ninja. But everything. And you know what? We get the mentality, we got to fix everything. We get the mentality, we're the pastor. We're supposed to know what to do. We're supposed to know how to do it. We're supposed to, we're supposed to be all to who, all to it. And you know what? They're dying. Because they cannot live up to that expectation. Some of the best preachers I know, Scott, are either in the grave, some have committed suicide, some are on blood pressure medicine, some are having heart problems. My dad right now, he said, oh, well, you should be more like your dad. You should be more like that kind of preacher. Well, let me tell you something. My dad is in a building right now on, on, on listen, after a, a nervous breakdown on depression medicine and anxiety medicine right now, barely able to function when his greatest desire is to be up on this platform preaching. You know why? Because he was doing everything everybody else was supposed to be doing. I know, I know this is, this is, this is totally, 
We think we hire the, the, the staff to edify the church. We think we hire the staff to do the work of the ministry. We, we sit here and hire the staff to, to do all of this stuff. Impossible. Impossible. Well, that's why I like a little church. Well, that's not fulfilling the Great Commission. I've heard that excuse too. Well, I like little church because so, they can do all that stuff and he can be there when we need him. He can be there. Now, that, you know what that's saying? That's selfishness. See, God wanted to prevent burnout, but God wanted to prevent bloat. What is bloat? That's when more calories are coming in that's getting burned up. When you keep receiving and receiving and receiving and receiving and you do nothing with that, you're going to swell up like a toad frog. We got so many churches today that people are sitting, soaking, and souring. Because they come and sit in that pew and say, minister to me, bless me, meet my needs. God didn't design it that way. God didn't design it that way. God didn't make it that way. You're just trying to get out of work. Are you kidding me? Honestly? No. I'm just trying to get you to do yours. Because see, if we will move from leadership doing everything to all of us doing our thing, we will go from adding to the church to multiplying the church. You have a responsibility. But every church is bottlenecked. All these smaller churches, they're bottlenecked to what that one man can accomplish. And here's what will happen. When they wear him out, they'll go get another one. Come and meet my needs. Come and meet my needs. Come and meet my needs. How many needs have you met? God didn't design me to do all that stuff. God didn't design me and develop me to do that. God designed me to lead and feed. Share the vision. Equip the people. Show what direction God is doing. Lead that way. And help you find what gift you're going to be involved in. Well, I don't like none of that. You're in the wrong place. You're in the wrong place. Sure, you could go. You could go to a smaller place where somebody can baby you and pacify you and, and do everything for you. You could do that. You could do that. But you'll never be satisfied with your Christian life. Because you will not be doing what God has called you to do, God has gifted you to do, and utilize it for the body of Christ. And also, you will not be fulfilling the Great Commission. God doesn't want your church to stay small. God wants it to grow and grow and grow. The first one, he exploded in one day with thousands of people. Well, I just think our church, if, if you can't do that, our church is too big. you got a wrong attitude. And you're in the wrong place if you're going to keep that attitude. Because we've made adjustments so we can keep growing. We've made adjustments with what my responsibilities are. We've made adjustments to our small groups. We've made adjustments to our ministry. We've made adjustments. Why? So we can keep growing and we can keep going. Well, why should we do that? There's 80,000 people in Coleman County. 80,000 people. A survey was done in the churches here in Coleman County. Every church was called. I was shared with this. They sat down with me and said every single church was called and two questions were asked. What is your seating capacity and how many, what is your average attendance? And we are running less than 25%, less than 25% of what the seating capacity is in churches in Coleman County. And I'm talking about evangelical gospel preaching churches, not, not cults, not, 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 not things that we don't believe. I'm talking about churches that should have people in it hearing the gospel every single week. Something's got to change. Now, if you want to be a part of a vibrant body where you can do your part, you can be involved and contribute just like everybody else, welcome home. Amen. Welcome home. Because God made us a family. When one has a heartache, we all shed a tear. We all have a part. In our life groups... I've got people, let me, let, me, let me share with you just a couple things and we're going to pray. 
These are some things that we have shared this, this past year in our life groups. Through our life groups, we've shared a job loss. Through life groups, we've shared cancer. Finding out cancer, fighting cancer, going through cancer, chemo treatments, PET scans. More than one group, too, by the way. We've, we've, we've shared the burden of cancer. We've shared the loss of a baby. We've shared miscarriages. We've shared custody battles. We've shared the illness of a child. We've shared car wrecks. We've shared the burden of people being in jail. We've shared the loss of a spouse. We've shared the burden of financial problems, marital problems, child discipline problems. We've shared the burden of a loss of a parent. We've shared the burden of, listen, battles with addictions, foster parenting, various health problems, doubt about salvation, caring for an elderly family member. All of these things we didn't have to carry alone. We shared the burden. Listen, these are some blessings we shared, joys that we shared, and engagement. Listen, that might have been in the other category. Say, hey, I'm just kidding. I'm just, just kidding. Listen, the graduation of a child, the salvation of a child, buying a new house, a brand new baby, new businesses, a new job, salvation, marriages, a new house, all these blessings that we can share together. Why? Because God made us a family. A family. How many of y'all know, how many of y'all know that song, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God? Anybody know that song? See if you can find that chorus up there. If you can't, if not, it don't matter. I want to sing that. I just, I just like that one. Uh, and I'm going to probably mess it up, but, but either way, we'll, uh, if you know the words, I'm going I'm to sing the words too. And, and if you know them, help me if I mess them up. But, but let's just do this. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. We're just going to sing out. I'm so glad I'm a part. Uh, go ahead, Miss Amber. You got the words right there? See, that's why we keep you around. Amen. You, let, go ahead and let's play that. Let's play that. Guys, come on up. If, if, if we're going we're gonna to just play that. I, I know we probably got an invitation, but I just want to do this one. It, it, watch, what the, watch what the verses say. You will notice we say brother and sister around here. It's because we're family and folks are so dear. When one has a heartache, we all shed a tear and rejoice in each victory in this family so dear. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Say amen. From the door of an orphanage to the house of a king, no longer an outcast. Oh, what new song I sing. From rags unto riches, from the rich, listen, from the weak to the strong, I'm not worthy to be here, but praise God I belong. Give the Lord praise and glory. Oh. 